Welcome back to the Speaking and Communicating Podcast. I am your host, Roberta. If you are looking to improve your communication skills, both professionally and personally, this is the podcast you should be tuning into. And by the end of this episode, please remember to subscribe, give a rating and a review. Today, I have the privilege of being joined by Victoria Gallagher. She is a world-leading hypnotherapist, a best-selling author of more than four books, and has, listen to this, a digital app that can help you to tap into your subconscious mind while at home. And before I go any further, please help me to welcome her. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Roberta. So nice to meet you. We've been having a lovely conversation. So I'm delighted to continue the conversation with your wonderful listeners. I'm excited that you are here. Yes, I did enjoy our initial introduction. So now I know that the listeners are really going to benefit from what you're going to share with us today. But before we get into the work part, let's talk about you in general. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Absolutely. So I live here in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona with my husband of 14 years and our three gorgeous kitty cats. <laughs> Most people are waiting to hear about the children and these are <laughs> our children. <laughs> and we've uh, lived here for about six, seven years. Uh, we moved here from Florida. I'm a hot weather girl. Absolutely. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love the heat. Like people ask constantly, it's like, how can you deal with all that hundred degree weather? And it's definitely, it gets hot, but you have to love it. And I think, you know, so much about our environment, whether it's weather or whether it's the people or whether it's some other condition. I really think that, you know, since you can't really change the environment, you can only change yourself or your attitude about it. You might as well really find the good in it and embrace it. Otherwise, you know, you can always move to Alaska where it's not so hot. <laughs> Well, come to me in Chicago. <laughs> or Chicago, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, we love it here. Love to hike and sing and meditate and read. I'm very grateful every day. I just thank my lucky stars for this just gift of having a wonderful life. We have our share of problems that we deal with, but it's like, gosh, then you hear about all the other things that are going on in other people's lives in the world. And it's like, oh, thank goodness. You know, we mm -hmm. are living a pretty comfortable life. We really enjoy living here. We enjoy each other's company. And that's on a personal note. <laughs> that's wonderful. First, do you know comedian Steve Harvey? I love Steve Harvey. As so a matter of fact, our dinner show is family feud. I know him also as the, you know, motivational speaker. And I do love tuning into his motivational speeches and everything on YouTube. I was just right. listening to one where he was talking about, I think he was in his like 35 and he was living in his car mm -hmm. and it was about getting the comedy job and just wasn't sure if it was going to happen. It was just all about determination and sticking with it and believing, being determined. And he obviously got, <laughs> right. got the call for the job. He needed enough money to go across the country it was just divine, the story that he told. But we love his comedy as well. I mean, he is just hilarious. 
<laughs> That's why he says comedy is his gift. But I thought of him when you were talking about your cats being children and how people think, oh, I thought you were talking about your actual children. Because one time he had a lady on Ask Steve. The lady said, oh, I have a fur baby. So he missed the fur part when the、oh. lady was telling the story. <laughs> The assistant producers they put the picture of whatever the person is talking about behind him on the screen, right?、Uh-huh. So Steve turns around, sees a dog, and said, "I thought you said you were a parent." Woman <laughs> 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 says, "A parent of a fur baby." <laughs> This is a cultural moment right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious! I could totally see him ripping into her, but yeah, most of us have just fur babies, as she called it. I don't really think of myself as a parent, but definitely as a mom to my little babies, because they do depend、right. on us. They love us, you know. And there's some mom duties and things like that, and dad duties as well. <laughs> of course, yeah. So, did you start doing the hypnotherapy work, or did you have another career before that? Yeah, my main career before I started hypnotherapy was I started out as a stockbroker, and even before that, I was an administrative assistant for a stock brokerage firm. You know, I went from doing that for a couple of years to getting my broker's license as still, you know, an administrative assistant. But then you could do a little bit more. You could help your brokers with placing trades and things like that. And then from there, I became. A stockbroker, and it was kind of a pretty big deal. It was a prestigious job.、I、had to really work hard to build a pretty big clientele. I worked my way up and made a six-figure income, and I was doing really, really great. This was between 1993 to 1999. Shortly before I decided to get out of the business, I had just a personal crash. I just、mm-hmm. kind of started feeling like burnt out on it. Couldn't get out of bed in the morning for whatever reason. I mean, I was always up and at them by four o'clock in, at my desk by six o'clock a.m. every day, and I was dialing for dollars and doing my cold calls and just really having a good old time with it until I just couldn't. And I didn't know what was wrong with me, and so、mm-hmm. I went to a therapist, and this therapist had recommended this personal development four-day seminar. Like at that time, I wouldn't consider myself very metaphysical or spiritual. You know, I had read a few books like Think and Grow Rich and Total Self Confidence and a couple things like that. I went to the seminar and just 180 degrees. I just knew that I didn't want to do this career anymore, and I wasn't exactly sure what it looked like. But I did know that I wanted to help people with more than finances. I wanted to help people emotionally and mentally, and in all ways by tapping into the power of their mind,、uh, which is、mm-hmm. what all we did during that seminar was. We just did all these closed eye techniques, clearing away all of the. Garbage from our past, and just really getting in touch with our goals in a new way that I hadn't really done before, and using visualization and all of these things. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I this is what I want to do. And I came up with this idea one day that I wanted to have a website. Now, at the time, internet browsers only came around in like 1994, 1996.、Mm-hmm. So to think of doing this in like 1999, it 
it was still pretty new, still pretty innovative. And there weren't many people that I was aware of that were doing this. You know, it was tapes at the time. There were no such thing as an MP3 player. Like those Tony Robbins tape. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So there were tapes. And so I said to my boyfriend at the time who owned a recording studio, I want to create a website where I have just hundreds of different meditative types of recordings that I could help people to solve all their problems. He kind of thought you can't really make a lot of money doing that. It wasn't popular at the time. No, you're not going to make a lot of money doing that. But I said, well, let me just make some recordings and see what happens. So I started making some recordings. Then I realized I didn't know what it was going to be, but I needed to make sure I was doing it right. right. <laughs> and so I started seeking out, what is this? And I stumbled upon a hypnotherapy certification training that was starting up in like two weeks, right down the street from where I lived. And I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what I want to mm. do. It was in that moment that everything changed. I went and I got certified. I opened up an office. Branch manager where I was working as a stockbroker told me I had to make a decision between these two things. He told me I couldn't do both, even though at the time it was a huge traumatic thing to have to try to figure out which way I was going to go. But I had so much confidence in myself at the time that I just said, okay, I'm going to make a go of this. So I literally quit my six-figure job, had to leave all this money on the table from some retirement savings that wasn't vested yet. I had to leave all this stuff behind and literally just working in my office. I had more bills than I had money coming in. <laughs> and you still had the courage to leave the money behind. Yeah, yeah. I was not in my right mind, but... I'm really glad that I wasn't because I think that for me, I always knew that I was going to do something. At the time, I kind of thought I was just going to work my way up and become the CEO of this brokerage firm at some point. I always knew I would do something kind of big. And I always had a lot of faith and confidence in myself to do something, but I would have to say I was very naive. <laughs> and Which sometimes helps. Yes. Then you don't want fear to influence all your decisions. Exactly. Exactly. And where this kind of gets to is I was a newbie and I had really just started learning about all this stuff and I was excited and I was excited the way a lot of people get excited these days when they first learn about the law of attraction or they first learn about going into business for yourself. So at the time I was in a really make it or break it place because I really had myself in quite the bind. So one of the things that I never really share with too many people is that to become a stockbroker, that's a job that requires a college degree. And I didn't have a college degree. All I had was a lot of charisma, a lot of persistence. I just told the place that I started working, I went up there every single day, just asked him if I could work there, if he would give me the job. And so it was the persistence that got me in the door. Once I left that behind, I would basically have about one year before my brokerage license would expire. And it took six years to build that business to what it was at that time. So I would have to start from scratch in the only trade that I knew as a professional. 
that chance kind of comes once in a lifetime. So I kind of had to make this <laughs> business work for myself. Otherwise, you know, I don't know what I would <laughs> be doing. Luckily, I had the persistence, but I went through some really hard times. I went through bankruptcy. I ran out of money. I went flat broke. I had to borrow money from people. The biggest lesson that I learned during that was the whole thing that gave me my confidence was tapping into the power of my mind. Doing that through these personal development seminars is what gave me the idea to make these meditation recordings that I wanted to sell on this website. But there came a time where I felt like I don't have time for that. <laughs> Because <laughs> the money wasn't coming in and everything is just piling up. Yeah. Who has time for that? And so when I wasn't making time to reprogram my subconscious mind, I was just doing all of this with lots of bills piling up, lots of fear, doubts were starting to creep in. People around me were telling me like, maybe you should go get a job. I was really stuck and I was really stubborn but it was like things were getting worse and worse. That was the first year of my business. The first four to six months, I had a lung collapse and I ended up in the hospital with no insurance, another $30,000 in debt because I didn't have any insurance. I just had the worst things happen over that year. It was a really, really, really tough year. And so one day I'm just literally down on my hands and knees on the floor, just crying and writing. Mm -hmm. And why me? Why is this happening? All I was doing was following my dreams, following my heart, almost like writing a letter to God. It's not like Christian God or Buddhist God, just a higher self. That was the moment that really honestly just kind of changed everything for me because the thing that I started hearing back was you're such a hypocrite. You're selling these programs online, telling everybody how they can change their life, but you're not doing the work and look at you, <laughs> you know, okay, read the riot act. Yeah. So immediately I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to start listening, taking my own advice and listening to these powerful recordings. And that's exactly what did the trick. I just started listening to these recordings and my own recordings and journaling and doing things every day to really move the needle forward with my mindset. Instead mm -hmm. of just trying to do everything just out of react mode, I started to mm. reprogram my mind to get into proactive mode. And that really changed everything because I started learning how to tap into my intuition. You know, I would hear little insights and get ideas on what I could do to market my business, reach out to this person. I made a list of like a hundred ways that I could improve my business. Everything within six months from that moment mm -hmm. is when I became profitable. From that point on, I never looked back. So but there was it, a shift when you felt like I'm at my worst. Yeah. You first said that whole why me moment, and then you had to shift and change something in your mind for things to start opening up. It was that I needed to start to reprogram my mind because I stopped making time for any of the mindset work for all that time. I was in fight or flight mode every day, just trying to chase 
And things never really come when you chase. When you yes. physically want to control them, which is what yes. we do. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it was such a wonderful lesson. Number one, continuing with the thing that got you where you are in the first place you know, at least at the most fundamental level. I mean, I do think that what got you here isn't necessarily going to get you there. But no. when it comes to your mindset, that's something you have to do forever. It's not like you can just go to the gym and work out for a week and say, okay, I've got big muscles. I can lift heavy things forever and never have to work out again. No, you have to keep your mind clear, sharp, focused and in shape. Keeping your mind in shape is the single most important thing that you could ever do as an entrepreneur or a mom or anything. It's mm -hmm. the most important thing because without your mind, you don't have anything. And keep it nourished daily. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I really appreciate you sharing that vulnerable moment, the entire journey actually with us, because those are the stories we never get to hear. You just yeah. hear the highlights. One moment, Jeff Bezos was in his garage with Mackenzie starting Amazon. And the next moment, he was a billionaire. Like, what happened in the middle? Is it something? <laughs> can I relate to him as a regular person? Because usually also that's the moment when we give up and say, okay, maybe the friends are right. Let me go back to the job. Those are the moments when we give up, when most of us give up on the dream. Yeah, you know, and I really want people to understand that it's when it's the darkest, that's when things are so close to turning around for you. Did it have to get that dark? I think for me, it had to get that dark because I'm so stubborn and I needed to just try it my way, the hard way. You know, it was so much easier once I got everything straightened out in my subconscious mind. You have to get that subconscious mind on board. When you first start doing this work, you can't just go into it expecting that you're going to listen to some tapes or get one or two coaching sessions or journal a week. And then you have everything figured out. I had gone through 90 days of personal development training. It was in that 90 day period that I had the courage to quit my job. Mm -hmm. And so I had about 90 days. That's nothing in the whole grand scheme of how long it actually takes to take on entrepreneurship or to take on any kind of risk, any kind of thing mm -hmm. that you're going after. It's a habitual thing like we had talked about. I mean, it's just like it's a new habit that you incorporate every morning give gratitude in my meditation room and be present, you know, with myself meditating like that in and of itself. That is so, so important because we all have these runaway thoughts. I mean, we all have them, right? Yep. You know, we start saying things that are unproductive to our mind, like I'm never going to make it or you know, I'm just going to go get a job. You know, you start saying these things to yourself, but those are just the negative, unproductive runaway thoughts. You can just as easily choose to think, you know, everything is happening in divine timing. I have everything inside of me that it takes to succeed. You can just as easily say those things and it's shifts the way you see yourself. It shifts your identity. It shifts the way you feel about yourself. And when you feel different, you take different actions. And when you take mm -hmm. different actions, you get different results. Right. 
I think with expecting quick results, the problem with that is you've been piling up the other stuff for how many years? So it's not going to take 90 days to change and tell your subconscious something new that you've been piling up for um, 45 years. Right. 90 days is not even a fraction of that. One of the reasons why I like to explain how that all came about is all the little lessons in that for people who are new to learning how to tap into the power of their mind, hypnosis, Mm -hmm. law of attraction, manifesting, all of these things, they just take time. For some people, you know, it could take a lifetime to release it Mm. because there's something going on inside of their subconscious mind, a limiting belief about whether maybe they deserve to have their dreams. You know, there's so many different underlying reasons that can stop us and get in our way from achieving success in whatever it is that we're working on achieving. And so we can think like the way that a lot of people, when they talk about law of attraction, you know, they just simplify it in these very simplistic terms like ask, believe, achieve. And it's like, well, there will be the secret. Oh, yeah. Just sit in your couch and visualize your millions. If it was that easy, wouldn't we all have them? Exactly. You know, and that's the thing is, it's not that law of attraction works. It's just not what people think that it is. Easy is a relative term. Maybe for some people it is easier than others. Maybe some people have to work a little harder at it because some people might have to work a little harder at it because their mind, the way that they grew up, the environment that they have, their current conditions might be predisposed to more negativity than somebody who had the advantage of living in a household where they had nice things or that they could have nice things. You know, I remember this guy, he's a multi multi millionaire and he grew up dirt poor and he had a mother who knew that she could program him to think in very abundant prosperous ways. And she gave him that gift of just being able to live in a beautiful state of mind and a beautiful state of mind that can create anything. And and he did. And I had him on my podcast several years back and he was Uh just amazing. Not even necessarily that a person grows up in an advantage household. You can grow up in a completely wealthy environment, but have a bad negative attitude about it. And think all these rich people, they're bad. Yeah, you may have trouble creating the life that you want to create because of these negative thoughts, negative upbringing. Mm -hmm. So it's just relative for each and every person. Some people it's easier and some people it's harder. I do appreciate the secret, the law of attraction, by the way, for introducing us to the concept. I just felt that the missing element for me was what we're going to talk about the subconscious mind. Because just saying ask, believe, and receive when people haven't dealt with what they've been fed all Mm -hmm. their lives with their thought processes, that's why they didn't see results. And some of them even wonder if this thing works. 
So yeah. now let's talk about how in 46 years of program, my mind a certain way, how do I start reprogramming it today? Yeah, that's a really good question. So first thing is just to kind of understand what the subconscious mind is, because we have our conscious and our subconscious mind, and they work together in tangent at the same time. The conscious is a very minuscule part of our mind comparatively. I mean, it's only about maybe 10%. I mean, nobody knows for sure exactly, but it's very small percent. And yet it's super powerful. You know, we can memorize phone numbers and we can, and we can just do all of these cool things with our conscious mind. It's our willpower. Actually, willpower is what a lot of people use to try to make permanent changes, but willpower is only temporary. Anything really in the conscious mind is just temporary. If you think about it, it's everything that's on top that's visible. It's on the surface. And your subconscious mind is running the show. Everything. It's like, if you think about like the computer, like right now we're on Zoom. And so Mm -hmm. Zoom, this is open. And so we're consciously aware that we're connecting through Zoom. But you've got all these other programs that are in this computer, you know, running the computer. In our subconscious mind, you've got long-term memory, your emotions, your autonomic nervous system, your heart beating, every single thing, all of your habits, long-term memory. It's all in the subconscious mind. Pretty much every part of our mind that we're not present to, not presently aware of is in our subconscious mind. So throughout our whole life, we are just constantly accumulating data, lots and lots of data. From the time that we are born, we're hearing all kinds of beliefs. You know, we pick up things through all of our our senses. We hear people say things. We hear people say things on the news. We hear our friends say things, teachers, family, and we just believe those things without question. It just goes right in. So we're kind of walking around just accumulating all of these beliefs. Now, whatever we tend to spend most of our time thinking about, whether we're thinking about that in a positive way or negative way. We tend to pick up more of the things that are closest to what we have been thinking about, what the beliefs are that we have accumulated in our subconscious mind. We just kind of match data. It just matches. So everything that we believe right now, we just find more evidence. But whatever we believe, like if we believe some level that, you know, we're, we're never going to be a millionaire or whatever, or that all men are deceitful, or all women are deceitful, whatever the idea is, as predominant in our subconscious mind, we just like a magnet. We attract that. We attract that. And Mm -hmm. we attract more and more because the subconscious mind doesn't want to be wrong. We literally look for proof to just continue giving us it's insane. It's really insane. So it doesn't debate with you and say, Victoria, you're wrong about this. It's not going to take you where you want to go. Don't tell yourself that. Right. And so on a conscious level, we say, I want this. This is what I want. Mm -hmm. But the conscious level like is just this little part of our brain. And so the subconscious level says, yeah, that's never going to (laughs) happen. And it was kind of like, that's what I was going through when I said, I want a passive income business. And it's like, no, 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 you have to work hard. That makes more sense to your psyche than the passive income one. 
Exactly. But luckily, the way that the subconscious mind works, now that we know how it works, we can work with it. And how we work with it is by going into certain brainwave states. Those brainwave states are what they call going into hypnosis. So when you go into hypnosis, your mind slows down, becomes calm, becomes more relaxed, it becomes more receptive. And part of your mind that rejects and throws out the ideas and doesn't allow that information into the subconscious mind, that part of the mind just becomes very agreeable and it just becomes very receptive. And it says, okay, I'm allowing these, these ideas in now because the subconscious mind is not logical. It's not rational. Like our conscious mind is like you have these little debates and stuff in your conscious mind as to whether you can do something or not. Well, your subconscious mind doesn't. Your subconscious mind just accepts whatever gets let into it. So during hypnosis, all we do is we just use words, use very relaxing, inducing words, and we induce a state of hypnosis where we're able to talk directly to the subconscious mind using visualization, using suggestion, you know, sometimes even going deeper into the psyche and having a two-way conversation where you can ask the subconscious mind, well, where did you originally get this idea? Why do you believe this? How is this serving you? Because all of these beliefs that we hold in the subconscious mind, they all have an intention. There's always some kind of a positive intention. If it's not letting you lose the weight, if it's not letting you find the ideal job, if it's not letting you make all the money, that believe it or not, there's actually a positive intention for that behavior, whatever the behavior is that what they call the way. payoff. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes what we do rather than just go in and say, you know, you're wealthy and you're going to succeed and visualizing and, and using direct suggestions rather than just planting those suggestions in. Sometimes we just do the work in hypnotherapy and we just go in and we find out what is the positive intention. Once we find the positive intention, then we can get the subconscious mind on board with our idea and say, well, what is another way to meet that intention that serves us both? Mm, and, without you know, sabotaging yourself in another area. Yes, exactly. Mm. You know, we can have those discussions with the subconscious and we can work out any area of, of our life. It's that powerful. Sometimes it takes more than one session or sometimes it takes some repetition to get those new suggestions into the subconscious mind. At the same time too, new pathways in the brain are literally being created the more you go through this process, especially when you use visualization part of it because subconscious mind is where the imagination is and 
the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what you're imagining and what's real. So you can imagine mm -hmm. yourself doing this thing over and over and over again. And eventually it's just like, as if you've done it that many times. And so it will find a way to make that your reality match up with what you've been visualizing this whole time. It has to, because mm -hmm. it's like, it doesn't make sense anymore for you to be living this way when this is the new idea that it's already bought into. So it's very powerful. It actually makes me wonder how many times we've been told, oh, Victoria, just get out of your head. You should be making these suggestions to your head or the subconscious <laughs> mind and visualize the life you desire so that it manifests eventually. Absolutely. It's interesting you say that because while that is true, you know, the heart is also very much at play and the way that you feel. So the feelings don't lie. The feelings really let you know what you really do believe. I like to use the feelings as kind of a gauge, you know, because they always talk about the vibration. Well, mm -hmm. the vibration to me, it's really letting you know where you're really at and the feelings too, though, if you can get yourself to feel the way that you would be feeling, if you had said results, you know, you can sweet talk yourself into feeling that way, you know, suggest the right word, using the right words, you can use reason and logic to get yourself to feel a certain way. You can use affirmations, you can use visualization, but you're programming ultimately the heart at the same time. They actually say there's like three brains and Joe Dispenza explains this stuff so My much. My favorite guy. I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, um, the movie The Secret did talk about feel it already. Yeah. As if it's already manifested in your life. Does talk about feelings. Everything is energy. We were talking about intuition earlier. We are usually not trained to feel our intuition, to be in touch with our bodies, to communicate with our bodies and our minds. The subconscious is communicating with our minds, which I think is more of what we need to train ourselves on. No, I absolutely agree with that 100%. If you really look at all of the big time geniuses that have invented amazing things, where did those ideas come from? I mean, so many of their ideas and insights, it didn't just appear out of nowhere. It came to them through infinite intelligence. I strongly believe that all of our minds are ultimately all connected. Any thought that you've ever had or I've ever had or any of the great inventors of our time have ever had, I mean, the, all those thoughts are out there floating around. <laughs> thoughts are things just like the energy, you know, things and you catch a thought and you put a thought out there, somebody else catches that thought. If you've been thinking about a particular person for a while, sometimes, you know, you find that they end up calling you right. or you end up seeing them, a post that they made on Facebook or whatever it is. It's through our own intuition that we hook up to mm -hmm. the rest of this infinite intelligence and we can solve any 
problem by just going into, you know, hypnosis and connecting with the super consciousness. You know, I do some interesting things like, I don't know if you've ever heard of like genius of the mind, but that's where you create this special sacred room in your mind and where you go to, to solve problems. And then in this room, I mean, this could be your own laboratory, but it could also be where bring in special people. They used to do this, Pauline Hill talked about it in Think and Grow Rich. Grow Rich, mm where you bring in your advisors and sit them down at a table and have a discussion with them because we're tapping into the subconscious, super conscious all the time, infinite intelligence. They're kind of one of the same universal intelligence, all of that. We're tapping into that universal intelligence all the time unknowingly, but here's a way that you can deliberately tap into it mm. by doing these cool visualization routines. I watched Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind have you seen this movie? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. No. Oh my. I want to start doing these meditations. The Stephen Greer guy, I mean, has been researching the whole UFO things, but it all gets into this infinite intelligence. It's not just in the earth. Infinite intelligence is all over the whole universe. The universe. You know? mm you not only make contact with other beings here on our planet, but doesn't it stand to reason that you could make contact with extraterrestrial beings? other beings in the universe? Yes. I'm going to look it up. I want to watch it. We can use all this power to change the world. But here's one myth I'd like you to bust when it comes to hypnosis. Some people are afraid that, oh, am I in a hypnotic sleep state? I'm going to be taken advantage of. <laughs> I might go viral with my clothes off. Can you just explain oh, how that never happens? Yes, absolutely. First of all, yeah, you are always in control of your thoughts, your mind. Any suggestion that gets given to you can be rejected. That's the first thing to understand. The hypnotist has no control over you. And so many people, I think they get these thoughts from movies, television shows, stage hypnosis shows, where it looks like it appears that the hypnotist has all this control. But all of that is happening actually within your mind. You're accepting the suggestions by choice. And it is always your choice. If any suggestions that are given to you are like against your values or your will, or it just seems like too much, you just would open your eyes and you'd wake up and you'd say, yeah, that's not for me. Okay. <laughs> you know, you're very, very aware of what is happening the whole time. Uh, that's another thing too, is a lot of people believe that it's this tranced out sleep state, but you're actually way more aware when you're in hypnosis than when you're not in hypnosis. I actually say you're just becoming unhypnotized because we're walking around in the trance most of the time. So during hypnosis, you actually have an opportunity to really be aware of what your mind is actually doing and all the thoughts. I mean, people go into hypnosis or meditation and cannot believe 
how difficult it actually is to quiet the mind down. Now, when you finally do quiet down the outside and you listen to what's going on, we just have a constant stream of thoughts. It's never, never ending. But the key is when you go into hypnosis is to choose what you're going to focus on. Focus Mm -hmm. on listening to the hypnotist, focus on your mantra, focus on your breath, focus on one affirmation, you know, whatever it is and not allow yourself, which is what we do all day long to go down this stream and that stream and that stream and get distracted by all these other thoughts, which is so easy to do. And that's one of the powers of going into hypnosis or meditation on a daily basis, getting control over that constantly ever-changing stream of thoughts. Oh, I'm very good at multitasking. No such thing. (laughs) There's actually no such thing as multitasking. Probably don't have too much time to get into all that, but like the opposite of multitasking is focus, focusing on one thing at a time. And uh, Robert Kiyosaki, he says acronym for focus. Follow one course until until success. success. Don't be a jack of all trades. And that has been something for me over the past couple of years. You know, I've really had to work on myself. I can see that it's really paying off because so many entrepreneurs, it's like you want to be every everywhere, you know, all things nearly impossible. And you are the jack of all trades and master of none. You're never going to become a master. And so if you want to become a master, you've got to focus and focus begins with learning how to just focus your thoughts. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely amazing. Victoria, thank you very much for being here today. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) I had no idea where we were going to go. I just kind of rattled off so much. But I like conversations to be organic because we agree on what we were going to talk about. And this has been such an amazing conversation because not only have we received information on how to rethink a lot of things, but yeah, you've shared so much with us. And more than anything, your story is very inspiring because a lot of us give up when it gets tough. Yeah, I really hope that helps inspire your audience to stick with it. If you have an idea, you know, every idea is the seed to ultimately its eventual success. You wouldn't have that idea if you weren't meant to pursue it. So stick with it. Excellent. And then after listening to this, and if someone says, I really want to book a session with Victoria, where can they find you? So they can get access to all the things at victoriamgallagher.com. They can book the session. They can find my hypnosis app, HypnoCloud, my books, my courses, all the things. Everything is on victoriamgallagher.com? Yes. Excellent. Please repeat that one phrase again. I asked you to repeat. The moment it's darkest, that's the moment before things are bound to turn around for the better. You're almost there. You are so close. Thank you so much, Victoria, for being here today. Yes. Thank you so much, Roberta. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, your audience, for also being here and listening. I hope this has given you great inspiration to go for and pursue anything you can imagine. You heard it yourself from Victoria M. Gallagher, a world-leading hypnotherapist, best-selling author of more than four books. And if you want to change your life, tap into the power of your mind and see 
how powerful it is and what you can do, victoriamgalaga.com, you will find all the information on her website. Don't forget to subscribe, give a rating and a review.